0: Praise God. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Our God is so awesome. And I have a privilege to speak today at our youth service. Now, I remember when I was young and I preached here 20 years ago, 20 some years ago, and back back in those days, we had to preach in Russian because nobody understood English. I remember that when I went to Bible college, it was back in 2002, and we had a class, we had a great teacher. And I'm sure you guys have better teachers even right now because back then all of our teachers they only were able to speak in Russian, all of them. And what's interesting is, I remember that when one time one of the teachers he asked us a question. He said, how many of you can preach the word of God in English? And everybody was just so quiet because we're all immigrants. Most of our youth came here in mid-90s and late 90s. And I remember when I bought my first English Bible and I was looking at it and at the same time I was looking at a translator just to translate or having a Russian Bible right next to it just to compare the translations, you know. And we only had back then a single synodal Russian version of the Bible. You guys have many, many versions today. Uh, From what I heard today in the United States, there's more than 100 different translations that are used by thousands of churches but if you look just 30 years ago 80 percent of the churches they use the king james version it's interesting how the times are changed and we are changed and you one day you will change just like i'm getting older sometime i feel like an old car with high miles well i would like to share the word of god today what's on my heart i would like to read from the book of daniel about this very, very, very powerful king. And his name was Nebuchadnezzar. Very powerful. And I'll read just a few words, a few verses from the chapter 4. The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is degreed, uh, decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away from you. You will be driven away from people, from people, and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Just think about that. This man, one of the most powerful men in history, if you read about him, he built a huge nation. He built one of the greatest cities, Babylon, and he was on the top. He was full of pride. Have you ever seen an old police officer retired, uh, retired after 40 years, walking in the park, and he has all these medals of honor? That's, I got this one 20 years ago, 30 years ago. He's so proud of himself. Same thing, this king, he was full of pride. Why? Because when he, during his years, when he was a king, he had such a high authority. If he wanted to kill someone, the Bible says he would kill. If he wanted to spare someone, he would have mercy on that person. Very powerful. And the history says he built some of the biggest buildings at that time. He had one of the most powerful military. And the Bible says, and the history says, he he conquered many, many nations. One time, even Jerusalem fell because of this king, Nebuchadnezzar. He defeated Jerusalem. He destroyed Jerusalem. He destroyed the temple of God. Just think about this. Why? Because God let him do this. He was, God was teaching the people of Israel something. And we notice today, the day today is the question is how to be humble before God. The Bible says this man because of he was so proud of him. One time he was walking on a, a roof of his mansion he was looking at the Babylon. He said, well, how, how great I am. I'm the one who built everything. I built every single, every single street. This is everything is mine. He had the most gold at the time. The most silver. Just think about this. Maybe if you calculate his wealth today, he probably would, would, would worth billions of dollars. And he's walking and looking and talking to himself. And the Bible says, suddenly the voice came, not from his bodyguards, not from his best friends. The voice came from heaven. And said because. Because you're full of pride. The glory will be taken away from you. And you will become like a wild animal. Just think. A wild animal? And the Bible says immediately. immediately this most powerful king. He was separated from people. He was no longer a human being. Because his mind has changed. And the Bible says look those. Those, this king, those he wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. That's what happens. That's what happens. And today we have, you know, you've seen a lot of people that are really, really pride. You've seen people say, oh, I, I'm such a successful person. I'm so successful. I got this really good job. Oh, I got such a really good degree. You, you've seen people when they're really, really proud, proud of themselves when they were pulling pull in to a church parking lot on a very expensive car. What is pride? What is pride? Pride is when you think you're more special than anybody else. Pride is when you think you're more important, you're better than anybody else. That's exactly what this king did. He thought that he was better than anybody else because he has conquered many, many nations. Just think about this. Well, but then we have humility. And humility is the result of obedience. Humility? We have to learn sometime how to be humble. How to be humble at your house. How to obey your parents. How to be humble in church. How to obey pastors, right? Well, what happens if you come to your house and you tell your dad, you know what? I'm going to try to humble myself. I promise you from this day and forward, I'm going to be home every night at 10.30. I promise. I'll be home at 10.30. And then suddenly you show up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Is this humility? No. This is disobedience, right? If If you promise your dad, this is opposite. And God, He is looking always for people, He's using, we can see in the Bible, God used Abraham so much. Why? Because he learned how to humble before God. And if you wanna you wanna get God's attention, if you want to be blessed in your life, look what the Bible says. What is God looking after people, after a human being? The Bible says, These are the ones I look on with favor. If you want to be receive God's favor in life. If you want to receive God's blessing uh, God's blessing in life. God says, these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble in spirit. That's what God is looking. He is looking for someone who can be humble in spirit. And then he says, and who, who tremble at my word. Tremble at my word. Hosea chapter 62 verse 2. Isn't it awesome? God is looking for people who can humble. Who can, who can tremble at his word. Hallelujah. That's what I like about our God. He's looking. It's very interesting. You know, just a few weeks ago, I was reading about Mary. And I was thinking, why did God chose Mary to give birth to Jesus? Do you think she was the most beautiful girl in Nazareth? Do you think Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was the smartest girl? Maybe, do you think she had the most education in Nazareth? Aye, maybe there was somebody else better. Maybe not. Why? Well, let me tell you, one time Mary, when she visited Elizabeth, she said to her, what was this secret we find in the Bible, in the book of Luke, in the chapter 1? Mary said to Elizabeth, because he, God, has looked favorably on his humble servant. She called her humble servant when she spoke to Elizabeth. And then she says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Because the angel who came. God when he spoke to her. He, 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 he looked favorably, favorably on her. Because she was humble. And then she says. From now on from this day. All generations will call me blessed. God chose Mary. Because she had a humble heart. Hallelujah. God is us. That's where He's looking in our lives. Sometimes God. Is using humility to bring a person to repentance. Humility, sometimes God can use as an instrument. Sometimes humility He can use as a tool to change a person. Just a couple of weeks ago, I met an older man. He, he was just as age as my dad. He was almost 70. And I met him at one of the churches here not too far. He met me after the service and he told me, his right hand was paralyzed, he couldn't move, and I couldn't greet him and ask him what happened. He said, God has hum- he has humbled me. I said, What do you mean? He, said, he has humbled me. I had a stroke. I had a stroke. Because why? I asked him. He said, I became very, very cold. My spiritual life was very, very cold. I start missing church services. And I start paying more attention on the television, watching the news, what's going on in Ukraine. Every night, he said, I had days when I could not go to sleep. I could not fall asleep until I watched the news. I watched the news and I go to sleep. If I don't watch the news, I'm thinking, well, what's happening in there? And I had to turn on and watch for a little bit. Can you imagine? These Russian news turn into a special pill for people that cannot sleep. Just think about that. An older man tells me that God has humbled me. He said, but right now I don't watch TV anymore because I know God has humbled me. What do you do now? He has a Bible everywhere with me. He said, I read the word and I tell the young people and other people how to be humble to God. Our God is looking for people that they can humble. And we find in the Bible, remember God, you guys remember the King Ahab, very, very powerful king. And the Bible says, God humbled King Ahab. And the people, and then there was no rain for three and a half years, it was drought. It was nothing. It was no? Ra- wa- there was no rain. Why? Because God sometimes is using this tool, humility, to humble the whole nation, there was no rain for three and a half years. And the Bible says, after two and a half years, when the people came, when they repented, when they humbled themselves. And then the Bible says, the God opened the heaven and the rain came. Hallelujah. Our God, He's very, very powerful. And then we read, we continue reading about this king. The Bible says, now, now he's no longer with people, he was separated from the crowd. And the Bible says that they they took him to a field or maybe a farm. And he, the Bible says he was feeding with grass, and he became like a cattle. Just think about this. Just think, a most powerful king. I can imagine his family, his kids are gathering for dinner at night. Everybody's here. The servants is here. The table has set up for the king and his family at the royal pala- uh, palace. Everything is nice. The dinner is ready. The food has been cooked. Everybody there is... But the king! Just think about this. And I'm sure they would ask, well, what happened? They asked the people, his, maybe security guards, or, where's the king? And he said, I'm really sorry, I have to tell you some bad news. This morning when we were walking with our king, suddenly the voice from heaven came. And he said that the glory from this king will be taken away. For three and a half years, he'll become like a wild animal. Just think about this. That's what happens when you're full of pride. And for three and a half years, he lived like a wild animal. But then the Bible says, after three and a half years, Suddenly one day he became like a normal person. He became a human being. His mind came back. He woke up. He got up. He returned to his throne. But listen, before he died, his last words were he said. He said, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt the, glor- the glorified the king of heaven. Because everything he does is right. And all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he's able to humble. The most powerful king that was gone for three and a half years, lived with animals, he says. This God, he, he, those people who walked in pride, he's able to humble. He wrote this, he says this to people. He was talking about himself. That's what happened with me. Imagine this. Just a few years ago. I uh, received a phone call from a Tacoma General Hospital here that my friend, they brought him to emergency room. He had some stomach pain, a very bad one. And his girlfriend brought him in. And, you know, when, you, uh, when you're in your early 30s, you guys know nothing. What could be wrong with a 30-year-old person, right? There's something minor, right? Maybe a stomach flu or something. That's exactly what he thought. When I came to visit him, he said, "Uh, oh. said just something, probably matter." I asked him, "Have you been ever been in the hospital?" He said, "No, I've been. Everything was fine and everything." And then a the second question, I asked him, "When was the last time you've been in church?" Oh, it always been a long time ago. Why? You know what happened with many young people today? They they go to church, then they get baptized, then they disappear. Have you known somebody like this? Did they got baptized and disappeared? Have you met someone like this? That's what happened with him. said, so what do you think? it is? oh, do you think something lighter? They're probably going to let me go in a few hours. But guess what? A few hours later, there's a knock on the door. On his door where he was. And the doctor comes here. Where's the smile? Usually, you no, know, you see a doctor, he should be excited, right? Having everybody's having a good day. You know, like, you know, everybody's having fun. But trust me. That doctor was not, there was no, there was no smile on his face as we we all hoped for, as he hoped for. And then the doctor, he called his parents and said, can I talk to you in the hallway? His parents walked out. He said, I have very bad news for you. Your son has a stage four cancer. He only has a few months to live." What happened? How is this possible? He was just running. He would just suck him with the punk just, just before. Everything was fine. But that's what happened. Remember young people, I want to tell you tonight that there's a day come when a god patience will end. Many times I talked to him before. I, brought, I told him to come to church, but he was busy. He was gambling. He was doing. He lost his family. He started doing really, really bad things. And he quit coming to church. He was lost in this world. Why? Because there's pleasures so that he enjoyed. And we have many people, young people, they enjoy the pleasures of the world, right? Everything is fun. We have a lot of people today, they ask questions, they ask pastor question. one pastor, where does it say in Bible that young people cannot go to casino? We have other young people asking people, where does it say A pastor show us in the Bible, where does it say we cannot drink wine? Jesus had wine at the wedding. What's wrong with that? But let me tell you, when he found out those news, he called every single pastor to his church. He said, please come to me and pray. I would like to repent. He had tears. Why? Because they gave only so much to leave. Yes, we prayed. Everybody prayed. And the pastors, they came and prayed for him. And he repented. and I remember he was standing. He was, he was sitting here. He, he says, "Like God, please forgive me. Have mercy on me." That's what happens. Same thing happens. When we read. We will continue reading. Continue reading in chapter five, in the same book of Daniel chapter five. Now, the Bible talks about this new king, A King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so they, so the king and his nobles his wife, wives might drink from them. So they brought, they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles his wives drank from them as they drank the wine. They praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood and stone. Suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave away. Now it's very interesting. Well, before I continue, I would like to tell you that that friend, about two or three months later, he passed away. He died. I just want to let you know if somebody is thinking, well, you did not finish the story. He passed away. But he did. He repented. He confessed his sins with the pastors. He had tears in his eyes. Like I said, I, don't mean, I never forget that look at him when he had his hands like this in the hospital. said, God, please forgive me. But let me tell I visited him many times when he was in the bed. He's passed two months before he died. And I remember, forget what he said once. He said, Jan, if I only knew that this would happen with me, I would never live my life like this. He said, if I can only change, go back. If I can go back 10, 15 years, I would live so much different. That's what he told me. That was his last words. Now the Bible says, a new king came. His name was Belshazzar. And he was a grandson of the old king that we just read. His grandfather, the name, his name was uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was born in a rich family. Everything in the most powerful empire. No, I was born in a, poor, in a very poor country. I was the oldest in the family, and I had three of my younger brothers. I was the oldest. I remember when I was seven years old, my mother, she would give me some money. She said, go buy some milk for my brothers and buy some bread. And sometimes i would have to go to the store and uh, get in the line around eight o'clock in the morning, right before the sunset, it was still dark outside. And they will bring, they, the truck, the box truck will bring bread by the store. And they start selling straight from the box truck and I will stay in the line. And I wanted to make sure be, I have to be there earlier before, before the big crowd. Because one time I came a little late and I stood there for about an hour. And I came there asking for your said, we're sorry, we're already sold out. Come back tomorrow. We don't have any more. That's what happened. That's when I lived. Now this king, he was was born in a royal family with everything. He was born in a rich country. most of you here tonight, you were born over here in the United States. One of the most richest nations in the world. Not the happiest nation. These are the countries that are so poor but those are the ones who make it on the list the top happiest countries but one of the most powerful and richest nations in the world. And I remember in the early 90s when our country Moldova had not enough money to pay for electrical bills. I remember walking to church with a flashlight for evening service like today and I would enter the sanctuary and it was dark inside the sanctuary and there was a big flashlight. And our pastor, he would preach with a flashlight. That was about two years before our church bought the first generator we received from the United States. So we got the generator from, uh, from Good Samaritan Ministries. Then we were able to get some power inside the church. Because it was very, very dark in our, in our evening services. And the Bible says this. He was very, very young. He became a king at a very, very young age. And the Bible says that this Belshazzar, he knew everything about his grandfather. The Bible says that his grandson, he even knew, he learned from someone, told him that many years ago his grandfather, when he defeated Jerusalem, when he destroyed the temple, he brought those golden goblets, those golden cups that they used to drink wine, and used for wine in the temple of God. Just think about that. He knew all that stuff, and you would think he needs to learn a lesson from his grandfather, but he did not. And today we have many young people. We have some young people that will learn a lesson. That will learn a lesson from someone from someone already who did a mistake. For example, I learned my lesson when I was younger, not to get getting in those credit cards, right? Because I had friends that they got in big trouble with the credit cards. So I kind of said, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. Because I don't want to get in trouble. All my friends already got in trouble with those credit cards, you know. But other people, even they know that credit cards, they can get in big trouble. They still play with them, gamble a little bit, right? Do you know someone like this that have financial problems? Because they did not listen to someone's advice? I'm sure you do. So the Belshazzar, here the Bible says... He loved luxury, he loved parties, he loved, he loved the things of this world. And one time, the Bible we just read about, he said, well, why not to make a big party? So we can bring thousands of people here and then bring the best dancers, bring the best wine, and let's celebrate. And the Bible tells us that they brought those silver gods, idols. They brought from bronze, from gold, from silver, they were worshiping, worshiping them. There was probably loud music. They were dancing, just, just what we see a lot of people like to do today. But like I said, there's time when God's patience comes to an end. There will be a day when fun is going to be over, when things are going to turn. God has patience. He was waiting. He was watching really, really close. And if you notice that nothing happened until the moment when Belshazzar said, well, he said, you know what? Let me make a surprise for you guys. Let's bring, let's find those golden goblets. And that's, Bible says, when he crossed the red line. Why? Because those golden goblets, they were used in the temple of God in Jerusalem. Bring him over. If I would have been there, I would try to stop. He said, Belshazzar, you need to stop right here. Because those goblets, they were used by the holy people in temple. They cannot be used here. Those golden cups. But he did not stop. Bring him over. Let's put wine in them. Let's drink wine from them. Just think about that. A lot of times, you young people, you will have to make a choice in your life. You will have to make a choice. Should I go this way or go this way? Belshazzar, he made the wrong choice. He did not stop. His grandfather, even was the more powerful king at that time. He never touched those goblets. He never drank wine from them. But his grandson said, Let's do it. Let's bring him over here. That's what happens. You will make a choice, and if you are wise, you listen. You listen what your parents, what the church, what the pastors are saying. You will be blessed. As I read, that God he is looking for person, person who can humble, and humility means obedience. That's what does it mean. When they start drinking from those goblets, the Bible says suddenly, his face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave away. Now suddenly, the Bible says. An armless hand, a hand showed up and just started writing these letters on the wall. Just think about this. I can imagine him. He was so frightened. He was in fear. His face turned pale. I can imagine he's had a heart race. Probably his heart was beating, beating so hard. You know what do we call today when the person he has a his heart is. Working not normally. When he's sweating. When his legs are shaking. When he's frightened. They call this panic attack. Have you heard it before? That's what happened. Just think about this. Belshazzar, why? You're the most powerful king. Why are you afraid? Why are you shaking? You have so much gold and silver. You know why? Because he, that moment, he understood something is going really, really wrong over here something is happening that he doesn't understand and the next thing the bible says he called all the magicians he called the astrologers best of the best he brought him bring him here help me to understand what does it mean those writings those words can you help me understand because he could not understand himself And the Bible says they brought the smartest people. They brought all the wise wise men, all the astrologers, all the magicians to help him to translate. And he said, help me. If anybody can translate them, I will give them my gold chain. I will give you a purple coat. A purple coat, a gold chain. And you're going to be the third most important person with the highest authority in my kingdom. Just think about this. And guess what? There was Nobody. I can imagine they were so quiet. All these people that they're getting their paychecks every month, working as the top magicians, as the top astrologers, they could not translate. And I think he became even more frightened because nobody in the entire nation could help him. And the Bible says the queen walked in the building. That was his mother. And she said, Belshazzar, why are you trembling? Why is your face so pale? What, what happened? She probably wanted him to just to tell him, it's okay, everything is being okay, just calm down. And she told him, you know what? We have a special man. He has a different spirit. And he was a prophet for your grandfather. He's very smart. He has a, he has a spirit from God. We just need to bring him over. He will help you. He knows. I'm sure he can, he can translate this. And I can imagine. Belshazzar, it was his last hope. Imagine this when you in the water, in the ocean and there's only one hope if the ship is going by you somewhere they can throw you a life life ring, right? Is that how you say it? Life ring? I was going to say a life jacket, a life ring that's he was hoping I can imagine him where is Daniel? Where is Daniel? Wait well the Bible says Daniel, he was not there Daniel was not participating in this crowd, do you know why? It's not his crowd. You know what Daniel did, Bob say, Bible says? He opened the windows every day. and He prayed three times a day. Hallelujah. Why? Because he served to a different God. Amen? He did not care about those parties. Yes, he was a high official, but he was not there. Why? He separated his, his, Daniel, he separated his, his self from the world. And the God that word he wants from us today, separate yourself from the world. You were born in the Christian families. And devil, it was always trying to tell, oh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Let's go there. Nothing wrong with that. That's exactly. And the Bible says Daniel showed up. He showed up there. Just think, he was already an old person. Daniel was an older person at that time. And the king Belshazzar, he was very, very young. And the king said to him, Daniel, you're my last, ho- my last hope. None of these guys over here, these magicians and astrologers, that they live here and work for me, they could not help you. Can you translate me this text? What does it say on the wall? And I'm going to give you a purple coat. I'm going to give you a golden chain. But you know what Daniel says? he said keep it to yourself i don't need this i don't want the no gold chain i don't want the no purple coat i don't need any of that stuff but i will tell you and when daniel said those words it was the worst words that he could ever heard in his life why listen to what he said these words what they mean man god has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end tekel you have been waited on the scales and found one thing. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Just think. This young king understood that his life is coming to an end. Just like people that have cancer. They get the results. Yes, we pray. We believe that God can do miracles. But sometimes God decides to prepare a person take take his life and that's what happened it's so important for us like never before to humble and the Bible says that night that very night Belshazzar king of the Babylonians was slain and Darius he took over the kingdom at the age of sixty two his life was over it ended in a very, very young age. And today, if you've ever been at a graveyard, we have a funeral, you can see how many young people are up there for various reasons. They're there. Why? I don't know. But we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared. God is always looking for someone who can be humble. Just not too long ago, I heard a story about these two brothers that they built, they both built beautiful houses, gorgeous houses, right across from each other. And between those houses, it was a small creek, it was a small river just flowing, very beautiful area. And one day they got an argument. They got an argument, they were mad at each other. And they said, no more. We will not talk no more. Two brothers got in a fight. Just think about that. And then one of the brothers, he called a a construction guy, a builder. He bought some material, some wood. He said, can you build for me a huge fence behind my house? Very tall fence. Can you build it for me? Why? Just cover. I don't want to see my brother's house. I don't want to see him anymore. Can you do it for me? No, I can do it. He gave him the money for material and he left for vacation. And sometime later, when he, he came a little later. But the builder, he built those tall fence and he looked at the material and there was some remaining material. Well, what to do with that? And he looked at the small creek, the small river, and said, well, well, I'm just gonna build a small bridge. And he built a small bridge across this river. A beautiful small bridge, you know, you probably, you guys have seen those little bridges over the little creeks. When this man came back home, he looked at those stands and they looked really, really good. Then he walked behind the fence. He was looking at the river and there's a bridge. Just think about that. There's a bridge that he did not order. He did not place an order for that. And he was talking with this builder. He said, well, there was some remaining material. And I thought, I thought it was going to look cool. I built a little bridge. And then when he was staying there looking at the bridge, his other brother, he runs to him. He runs. He jumps on him. He gives him a hug. He says, thank you, brother. Thank you so much that you built this bridge. Now we can be friends again. We can come come to our houses together. We can have a tea party today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you forgave me. You built this bridge. Now we can be friends again. Remember, guys, when you build, when you build tall fence, big fence, These fence. When you do this, pride would always build fence. But humility, when you build humility, always will build a bridge. Bridge for relationships. Our God, He's a God of relationship. And He wants to have a relationship with you tonight. Amen? Amen. Our God is so awesome. Now I would like to share with you. Are you guys tired of listening to me? sure? I hope I'm not wasting your time. I would read from the book of Numbers, chapter 14. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept loud. All their Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land? Only let us fall by the sword. Our wives and children will be taken as a plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Now imagine this over 2 million people. there, are stuck in the middle of a desert. Just a few days ago the Bible says they sent 12 spies to a promised land. Just to see, just to investigate how good it is up there. And the Bible says they came after 40 days. And two of them, the Caleb and Joshua, said, That's a great land. We can get it. We can go there. We're going to get it. God is with us. But Ten said, Nope, we are not going anywhere. Why? Because those people are giants. We have no power. No power. There's no way we can win in this battle. It's impossible. And the Bible says the people, they were They grumbled. They grumbled against Moses. Why did you bring us here? To die? And they're saying. We'd rather die in Egypt. Or die in this desert. And God. God heard it. And he said. If you wanted to die here. You will die. You will die here in this desert. You want it. Why? It's very very important. To pay attention. What words are we saying. From our mouths. Because in this story we can see. The situation God said, "You will die." And if you look in history, the history says it was around 70 to 100 people that they were dying every single day in the desert for the next 40 years. why the door has closed for the promised land. But then we read, the Bible says, the Bible says that God he had a list. It was a list of mercy. It was a different list. And out of those two million people, only two people, they ended up being on that list. And that list, I would call people that will not die in the desert. I will spare them. God said, Caleb, my servant, he will not die in the desert. His children will not die. He will get out. He will will be able to Get out from this desert. Just think about this. Why? Listen to what it says. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. And follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to. And his descendants will inherit it. Just think of this. The Bible says that Caleb had a different spirit. What kind of spirit did he have? What was so different about? I will tell you. The difference was. His spirit was not like their other spirits. Nope. When the other people, their spirit, their spirit, spirit told them, you have, to go, you have to go back to Egypt. Caleb's spirit told them, You have to go forward. When their spirit told them, We are all going to die in this desert. Caleb's spirit told them, You will not die, you will leave. When, when uh, their spirit told them, These people are giants, There is no way we can conquer, conquer them. The Caleb's spirit told them, Your God is almighty. He's so powerful. That's what different spirit is. A spirit of hope. A spirit of faith. That's what we need today. And what's interesting is. I like how it says in our Russian translation. It says. If you look on the Russian translation. Verse 24. It says that Caleb. He was completely obedient to God. Completely. 100% few years ago, one of my friends, he was fixing cars and selling. He had a very expensive car. And he said, it's time to take this car for a paint job. That used car, uh, he told me that used car, he was going to sell it for about $90,000. He said, I'm going to take this car to Portland to one of the best paint shops in Oregon. I said, whoa, now why not? Why can't we find a good paint shop here in Seattle? We have very... There's a lot of great paint shops. You can get a really good paint shop at Mako for like 700 bucks. I don't know if you know Mako, if you remember that. We used to take our cars back in, early, uh, in mid-90s and early 2000s when we, our parents, we were all buying cars at the auctions and fixing them, taking them there. And I told him, and he explained to me, he said, you know, the paint shops, they have different categories. There's paint shops that are very good. There are paint jobs that are excellent. I need a paint job that is going to be Perfect. And when we look in the Russian translation, it says that Caleb, he was a perfect servant. He perfectly obeyed the word of God. That's what God is looking. He is looking, like I said, if we read, not just read the Bible, but we obey what the word of God says. And He said, I will spare that man. Now imagine this. Everybody out of those two million people, they understood. They understood. That Caleb and his children will never die in this desert. Because they were special. Why they were his kids were so special? There'll be a day, no matter what happens, even they're gonna get bit by a snake, or they're gonna get bit by a scorpion, they will still survive, and everybody else will die from the age 20 and up, right, Andre? 20 and up, everybody's gonna die. Millions of people will die from the old generations, but his kids will survive this desert. Imagine this. Just a few, years, a few years ago, in 2021, the hottest day was recorded in the state of Washington, eastern Washington, 120 degrees. I was camping back those days. We were camping in Moses Lake. It was probably about 118. And trust me, when you camp at this kind of heat, nobody slept in their tents. Everybody got in their RVs and turned their air conditions on because you can't sleep. The kids are crying, Mommy, it's too hot. Let's get in the car turn the air condition on. But these millions of people, they stuck in the desert for 40 years. There was no air condition. Just think about this. Every day in the desert, every day all these cities sent sand, nowhere to go, no air condition, sometimes not enough water, they would beg Moses. Moses, we need more water because it's so hot. But God said, Caleb's house will survive. They're not going to die. You know why? Not because his kids were so perfect. No. Because their father Caleb... He obeyed completely, and he, he obeyed the word of God. He had obedience. He obeyed, he obeyed exactly what God said. So what do we, what we, we learn from this? We can learn that obedience will always lead us in the right direction. Amen? Amen? Obedience will always, always lead us to the right direction. And then we have Joshua. His family also. His family also, God said they will survive. They're not going to die. Our God is so mighty. He's so powerful. This world today, this world today just always I trying to tell us a different direction. Don't look at this way. Don't go to church. Today I was talking to one fellow and every time I get a moment... I get someone to talk to I would try to tell him just a little bit of Jesus you know even there are Americans I would tell I ask him do you go to church oh he said to me this morning he said "You he, he was smoking a cigarette he was about 70 years old he said I don't need to go to church I believe in God I'm Christian why do you need to go to church it's all in my heart I believe but that's not enough Jesus said and God said you need to turn away from the wicked you have to turn away when I was 19 years old, and the first time we arrived to Kiev for missionary work back in 2002, the brothers, D brought us to a big Christian store, the bookstore, Christian bookstore. And up there, they had hundreds of books from all over the world. And they had one of the best sellers back in those days. It was many, many American, American pastors that they published their books and a lot of different. And it was all Christian books. And I remember I picked up one book. I was very, very young, you know. And you guys, all young people, and I, and the book called "How to Get Rich and Not to Go to School." And the pastor's name, I'm not going to say it from here, from the pulpit. And another book is "How to Be, How to Prosper in Life." And today, this world is telling you, well, he is telling you, the world is telling you, come to me, and I will teach you how to be prosper, how to prosper. How to be rich in life. But Jesus said, come to me and I will teach you how to be humble in life. Amen? Look what he says. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus says, learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus said, learn from me. I am gentle and humble. And you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said, if you want to find rest, if you want to find peace in your soul... You have to humble in your heart. Hallelujah. Our God is awesome. He wants to bless us. Just a few years ago. I heard one pastor. He was saying testimony. And I believe this has happened. On the, on the east coast. A young man. He walked to a church. And he had some pictures. On his SD card. He said, can you show these pictures? Look what happened to me a few days ago. I was in a big car accident. I was in a big car accident. My car was torled. And a fire trucking came. They had to, use, it. They had to cho- use a chainsaw to let me out. And then he was standing, standing. I just want to say, praise the Lord. Look at me. I only have scratches. Just think about this. I only have scratches. And my car stalled. Praise God! And everybody was like, "Hallelujah!" Let's just praise the Lord. This young man survived from a serious accident. But after the service, a pastor he called this young man and he told him, he "said My friend, I think it's the warning. I think this car accident is the warning for you. You guys all understand what warning means, right? It's the warning for you. Three months, three four, several months later." His friends called him said, Let's go fast. They had to go somewhere. Well, he wanted to go to church, they had a church, but friends said, Oh, you can go to church tomorrow, Sunday morning. We have to go, we have somewhere. Maybe a movie theater or somewhere. Somewhere they can have fun. Because church, many young people today, people think the church is boring and for all people. But it is wrong. Our Bible is not boring. Our Bible is very powerful. And our church is not boring. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. But guess what happened? He said, I think it's the warning for you. A few months later, same story. His friends pick him up. They drive really, really fast. Really, really fast. And they get another, and he gets in another car accident. And he's jumped in the car. He cannot get out. But this time, this car has caught on fire. Just think about this. Same accident, same thing is. But this time, just a few months later, his car caught on fire. And because it's on fire, it was a huge traffic. And the fire truck, he could not come up closer because, because of the fire. He, he, he was, you know, the sirens on the fire truck, they were trying to come up to him. But because there were so many cars, he couldn't make it to them. Because of the traffic and because of the flames. And the neighbor, an American guy, American man at his house, he saw the fire. He went to his, his outside wall. He plugged in his, his hose, his water hose for the flowers. He connected his hose. He tried to unfold his hose. He tried to connect it with a spare hose and bring this hose to the highway so he can put it down that fire with his water from his wall. But he said to the, to the TV station or whoever was taking interview to him, he said, I had enough. My hose was enough. But the problem was the flames were too hot. I could not come up too close with my hose. I had the water, but the flames were so high and I could not get there because it was so dangerous. What did you see? Because I saw there was a young man dying there. I was looking at his eyes. He wanted to get out but he could not and nobody could help him because the flames were so around him. I'll tell you who you think guys on that pastor when he told him this, do you think it was the warning from pastor or from God? It was from God. God has a time for us. He wants to bless us. And right now I would like to to invite you to stand on your feet. We are going to a prayer. We had a great service today. We had great music today. We had great worship today. We had great people saying testimony today. And sharing the word of God. But the question is for you today. Are you saved? Well, I'm safe. I'm, I'm in church. I'm baptized. Well, I just want to say, ask you a question. Are you sure? Are you sure tonight if something's going to happen? If God comes after you, are you ready to meet Him? Are you ready to see Him? Are you ready to meet God? But if you're not, and someone thinks, "Well, oh, God, I just help me to be more humble. Yeah, I got these things. I just want to tell you guys tonight, Jesus, He's here today. He's here. And any of you here, if anyone... He needs prayer. Raise your hand. We're just gonna pray right now. I just wanna be prayed for. I just wanna make sure. I'm not sure, but I wanna make sure tonight if God comes, I'm ready to go to heaven. We're gonna close our eyes and we're going to pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Scared I'm gonna give ridux. Oh the Jesus says care. I'm gonna give with Jesus.